Hello and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist and I'm the online editor at The Strad. I'm joined by another cellist today. Elisa Weilerstein is embarking on a multi-year project called Fragments, comprising all 36 movements of Bach's solo cello suites, interweaved with new commissions from 27 diverse composers. Elisa spoke to me about how this project came about, how a combination of theatrical elements come together to provide a unique musical experience, and why it's good to jump into seemingly daunting projects with both feet. Here's Elisa. Elisa, welcome to the Strad Podcast. Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you here today. So we're going to be talking about Fragments, which is your new project of all 36 movements of the Bach solo cello suites weave together with 27 new commissions. So, you know, I know this was a project initiated out of the pandemic. Tell me a little bit about the idea to weave solo bark with these new commissions. Did you have an idea of who you wanted to write for you or particular styles to go with the bark? Not particularly, actually. So the idea kind of started gestating uh, in November of 2020, which for me personally was probably, I, I think we all had our sort of low points during lockdowns and, <laughs> and everything, but that was kind of my uh, personal low point. I put the cello away for about, I don't know, two weeks. I didn't touch it, which is a long time, as you know. And um, finally, I just kind of forced myself to start practicing again. And I just started playing scales, which I find normally very meditative and kind of, I, I, I can't, even if I am, you know, playing it in, nor- in a normal sense and not taking a big two week break, I need to just put my ducks in a row before I start anything. And so then I just thought about, well, we have to come out of this somehow. At that time, there was really no end in sight. There was no vaccine in sight. There was no, I mean, there, there, there was no end in sight at all. So I just thought, okay, well, let's imagine a different world where we're, where we're coming back together and how can we, let's say, to use the cliche, how do we turn this kind of crisis into an opportunity or let's not waste a good crisis. I was just thinking about how we would connect with one another and how we could kind of reimagine the concert experience. And so this is kind of how the idea came to my mind. I wanted to integrate, to kind of highlight what I think our field does really well and the great music of our field and also embrace the world that we live in today and to make the tent as big as possible, you know, for the young, for the seasoned listener, for the maybe the more conservative listener, so maybe for the newer listener. And I just wanted to see whether I can make something a bit more universal without sacrificing any of the you know, intellectual and aesthetic qualities that make our art form, to my mind, so unique. Mm. I decided to make a very large commissioning project. That was actually the the first thing. I didn't think Bach first, I thought commissioning first. And so I wanted to assemble a group of composers that was diverse in every sense. So diverse musically, diverse in terms of age, in terms of experience, in terms of, let's say, level of establishment, and of course, racially and ethnically diverse and gender balanced. My first criteria was that I wanted to really love the music of every composer that I was asking. Mm. Of course, I feel very lucky. I, I've developed many wonderful relationships with great composers, but I didn't know to say 27 of them. So I did a lot of research and I just started reaching out to composers. Luckily, all of them with uh, maybe only one or two exceptions. I called a lot of people. They all were enthusiastic about the project. Mm. So I gave every one of them the same prompt, if you will. I asked them to write 10 minutes of music or up to 10 minutes of music in two or three fragments or movements that could each stand alone. 
because the idea was that I wanted to break them up and weave them with each other and with movements of Bach. And of course, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, all 36 movements of Bach. Yes, that is definitely the idea. But this is divided into six programs. Mm. So fragment one is Bach's first suite interspersed with several different works of new music, but it's all played out of order. So the fabric that I'm weaving is totally original and I'm kind of creating a totally original arc out of all of these amazing fragments. For example, fragment one has 18 different fragments, if you will, which I'm weaving into one whole. So did you have to receive all the commissions first and then sort of decide, okay, which ones are going to go with this particular suite? Were there any sort of trends that came out of some of the new commissions that you thought, oh, this one's definitely going to suit this suite or another particular suite. There were some very clear, you know, pieces that were absolutely going with one suite and absolutely going with some other pieces that were integrated into this. The kind of the advantage of weaving Bach into all of this is that Bach is so universal. You could make a justification for anything, let's say. And this was a question that a lot of composers asked me when I asked them to be a part of the project. They said, well, should I try to relate this to Bach? And my answer was always, do what you want. I mean, if you want to, great, but don't try to do it. The only rules here are no more than 10 minutes of music and two or three fragments that can stand alone. So in that way, it's flexible, isn't it? It's adaptive. And you were yes. talking about creating music in this new environment, making the best of a crisis, right? And we all had to learn to be adaptive yes. in our own ways during that low point. And so, yeah, I guess in a way, it's just like, give me some music, we'll find a way to make it. Work. Partially, yes. So there are a couple of the crucial elements of the project, which was that I was thinking about, well, it was in this very early stage, I was thinking about how we as listeners, and I'm very guilty of this myself, I often listen with a preconceived notion, especially to new music about what this is going to be based on, let's say, the history around the music or that's a background or, or whatever. And I just thought, what if we take that option away that this project is not so much about the composers themselves the people but the music that they write so why don't we concentrate on what they're actually saying so therefore when you walk into the concert hall you don't get a program right away you sit down and you just listen to the music you get a program afterwards of course so you'll know what you've heard but the idea was that you just listen in a very clean very organic and very almost a kind of a primal way you know, people listen to rock concerts like that. People listen to jazz concerts like that. We're not concentrated on, okay, what year was this written and why? And in what part of the world? We're not concentrated on that. And why, if we keep saying, well, music is the universal language, why don't we actually approach it? Embrace that Approach it universally. Yeah, so true, isn't it? Because like we go into a lot of these classical music concerts, we go into, we want to hear a particular program and we we listen to these pieces because we we love that. But yeah, it's in a way, you know, cleaning the slate and just listening to music for the sake of music. And I, I do feel like that there is something about a lot of people when they listen to a piece of music, they feel like they have to say something about it. Absolutely. There is that giving feedback or or an opinion on something that you listen to, but there is something to be said about just listening to something and not being able to say something about it necessarily. And just let the music speak to you first and then you can do your research afterwards and all of that. That being said, you know, since each program is, let's say, a soft hour, I'm, I'm dr- trying to keep each one to no more than, say, 65 minutes or so because they're played without pause. And it's a lot for an audience to take in all at once. It's a big mouthful. I decided to integrate lighting to really have a kind of complete experience so that the visual part is also very important. It helps enhance the, let's say, the sensory experience and kind of serves in a way as a bit of a guiding hand through it. 
I knew nothing about the, say, the theater world at all when I got into this. And so I actually hired Hanako Yamaguchi, who was at Lincoln Center for 30 years. She's been with me every step of the way with Fragments. And she introduced me to Elkana Pulitzer, who is the director of this project. And uh, Elkana uh, introduced me to Seth Reeser, who was her lighting designer. And so the project has a, there's a set that travels with me and they're set pieces. The idea is that I have my own, let's say, room, and it's a fragmented room. So these are set pieces which are arranged differently from program to program. So fragment one looks a certain way, fragment two looks completely different, but it's the same set pieces. They have their own lighting within the pieces, and there's also lighting in the greater hall as well, which changes from fragment to fragment. I'm giving you a slight spoiler, but let's say the observant uh, listener may notice that each composer has their own lighting world. So let's say if okay. you, you know I'm playing one fragment from one composer toward the beginning of the program and then that composer comes back, you know, the very, very observant concert goer may notice that this lighting has come back from before. So with those little guiding points, I suppose, you know, like set design and also lighting as well, these theatrical elements, who had the kind of collaborative say in all of that? Because, you know, you mentioned before kind of having this clean slate of listening to music but also you are wanting to guide your listeners a little bit so was it a sort of collaborative effort to come up with some kind of interpretation so that you could decide on these elements in a particular way yes and no i mean the absolute ironclad rule was that the music was first and that anything around it was let's say only as a kind of support there's nothing that feels imposed or let's say superimposed or anything that feels overwhelming with the lighting. It's subtle, it's sensitive. And this is also why I have so much admiration for Elkana and for Seth is because they, they are so respectful of the music and the idea that this is a musical experience, first of all. Mm-hmm. So it's subtle, isn't it? So it's not like... No, you're not feeling ah! like disco balls or, or <laughs> exactly. any, anything, uh, nothing of the kind like that. <laughs> you're going to get your heart rate up no, right no, now. No, 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 <laughs> no. None of that. Fragments doesn't really fall in a category. If I use the word theater, it might set some alarm bells off. It's, it's not theater. It's not a recital. It's something else. It's its own thing. It's unique. There has to be a certain degree of trust. The reason why, you know, I'm so happy working with Elkana and Seth is they are very knowledgeable about music and they have a lot of experience working in classical music and in opera and everything. And so they were super sensitive to things. And we went over, you know, the, the colors and the and the kind of the gradations of the lighting. We, we went over all of that together. But I also, once we kind of fell into a groove, I, I gave them plenty of free reign. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them do what they do best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, they're they're they are great artists, and I just feel so lucky, you know, to be collaborating with them. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, it's not a recital, as you said, it's its own unique production, and I'm really interested in how these sorts of elements come together because I think as musicians we can gain a lot of different perspectives, learning from different crafts. One more thing I wanted to ask you about regarding this, because I know that you are performing this in different installments starting at the end of this month. And you mentioned a program that is a soft hour, played without a pause. Tell me about your stamina, physically, but also mentally, just the fact that you're having to, I mean, memorizing the Bach suites, it's a huge challenge. So not only that, but also these new commissions as well, and incorporating that into this production that you've described earlier, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, your strategies for 
keeping that performance going for the hour. Fragments one and two are rolling out this season. And you know, it's it's just, it's a matter of practice. I mean, you, I did a, a private preview, I guess semi-private, there was a very small audience, but at the Music Festival this past summer. And that was a great education for me in terms of also, let's say my own stamina, mentally and physically, and even emotionally, mm. because uh, these pieces are really wonderful. The project for me is incredibly personal as well. And, you know, it's been gestating now for about two years. And so I've invested a lot in it and, and I feel very strongly about it. And, and also that I would love to see this not be the exception, but to become the norm mm -hmm. in terms of how we're rethinking the concert experience. And so, um, you know, there, there's a lot uh, mentally and uh, emotionally invested in it. And so I have to kind of have the strength to step back and be objective and just do it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, 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 so that in a way, was my own challenge and that was why the preview was so helpful to do and to, to really do it with the full-on experience the lighting was 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 fully ready that the set was ready all the technical components along with you know the obvious uh, the musical component and to see also how it was received which was universally positive which was um very affirming and um gratifying to see so that's what you want um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh gosh it comes across as a very daunting thing <laughs> to do this is coming from me as a cellist I always have dots in front of me but <laughs> if you've done the preparation you know you as you say it's been gestating for two years then it, it's within you internally isn't it you've just got to yes. trust that process and go out there and do it right <laughs> correct I mean but that's I think a kind of universal thing if you decide to perform something ultimately you have to just be willing to jump in with both feet <laughs> right I mean that, yeah. that that's the that's the daunting aspect of performing anything and of course doing a project of this magnitude is the biggest and most personal thing that I've ever done but I'm trying not to think of it that way there's a very good friend of mine who always refers to this kind of fable where somebody asks a centipede you have so many feet which one do you put first when you walk <laughs> and the centipede never walked again Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you think about it, it becomes uh, yeah. much more nerve-wracking, you know? Too so, cerebral, I mean, you yeah, just kind yeah. of have to just, you just have to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's your passion project. And you wouldn't undergo something like this if you were petrified of actually doing it. <laughs> so. No. But, I mean, no, no, no. Actually, I, I, I take that back. Because, like, sometimes you do need a little bit of a scary element to prod you in the, in the right direction absolutely that's kind of the fun of it the risk element and you know I also fully embrace the fact that some may be very puzzled by this whole premise and it's, it's funny I even spoke to some people who immediately embraced the no programs aspect of it and others who were like well it took me 20 minutes because I really wanted to know who I was hearing and then I thought okay I just need to relax and just listen I said yes that's the idea just fancy that listen. yeah just letting the music speak for itself <laughs> That's the idea, yeah. Elisa, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. You're so welcome. And all the best for your first performances. Thank you, yeah. January 28th, Toronto. That was Elisa speaking about Fragments. Fragments 1 and 2 will premiere in Toronto on the 28th of January with subsequent performances throughout the year, details of which are in the show notes. Right now, you're listening to Elisa play the Courant from Bach's solo cello suite number two in D minor. And don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles, and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days 
Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. It will help people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye. Thank you.